0: Yeah, wonderful. You know, Sam asked me um, a few weeks ago when we started this uh, series to submit a short video. I think it was to plug in for this thing, and uh, I told him that I don't do uh, videos. <laughs> so uh, that's why he put that picture up there. Um, happy Father's Day to everybody here. Today I know that we're missing uh, quite a bit of people because uh, they're you know, doing missions in Thailand. I'm sure uh, there's many people that are busy doing Father's Day uh, activities today, as uh, my family will be doing later this evening. Um, Before I get started, I wanna recognize um, a couple of people, a few people, uh, because I think last week we didn't have an opportunity to do that because they had some personal commitments uh, beforehand, but I'd like to recognize Samantha and uh, Nico for graduating high school. They will be, if you guys can stand up for a moment so everyone knows who you are. They will be moving from youth ministries to the college ministries under Andrew. So, you know, thanks, Jimmy, for raising them up. I'd like to also uh, welcome back Cameron. He finished his freshman year at UC San Diego. He's no longer a freshman. So I'd like to welcome and, and anyone else that's here uh, that's returning that I can't really see in the shadows. Welcome back. Um, Thomas, that's right. Where's Thomas at? He's in the shadows. There's Thomas. He's back also. So enjoying his summertime. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So, I just wanted to welcome all of you. Um, as we continue in our series uh, on blessers, um, we're going to be getting into um, a particular passage, which is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and it's Jesus and the Matmen. And this is a term that I came up with many, many years ago when I was involved in youth ministries this concept and idea of Matmen. And we had a ministry called the Matmen Ministries. But before we get into the passage, uh, just to kind of set this up, All our lives as we uh, grew up as Christians, and many of you who may have come to know Christ later in life, we have always kind of been told about, you know, how we're sinners, and Adam failed, and Eve failed, and because of all these things, Jesus had to come and rescue us, and all of these things are true. But the things that are not emphasized as much and should really be emphasized all the more is the fact that because Jesus came, the good news of the gospel is that he was able to save us from all that, and that's something Andrew just shared you know, up here that it's his love and it's the joy of God that compels us to love one another and to encourage one another. And it's his kindness that leads us to repent before God. Not the anger, not the you know, not the bad stuff. Um, so with that we'd like to get into our passage and I'd like to read this passage for you. It comes from Luke five, seventeen through twenty six, and I'm reading from the New International Version. Today is Father's Day, and as we recognize Father's Day, we also want to really pinpoint in this passage this act of these met men that I call um, in the story. What do we have here? We have Jesus who's teaching, and he's teaching to a very large group of people. Now why are they there? Whose house is he at? One of the, one of the things about the Bible that I really, I, would, I don't want to say frustrated, but that I wish more of was that there were more details. We live in an age where there's so much detail in everything that we do, in all the shows that we watch and all the stuff you find on the internet. The Bible in this particular passage doesn't really give us a lot as far as where Jesus, whose house he's at. There's some speculation that he might be at Simon, Simon Peter's house, but we don't really know. We, don't, we know that the crowds gathered probably because he'd been teaching all over Galilee. And that whole region by the Sea of Galilee, his hometown near Nazareth. And in this passage here, people had come from every village, from Galilee, Judea, and even Jerusalem. Now, if you were to walk from Jerusalem all the way to the Sea of Galilee, to the region that he was teaching at, it'd take you a good solid two days to walk there, briskly. By horse, maybe a very, very long day of riding. But people came from all over to see Jesus. Why? Why would they want to come see this rabbi? We we find the evidences in, in the previous passages because Jesus performed many, many miracles all throughout. He was healing people. And we all know about social media today. You post something, boom, word gets out, whatever, you know. If you didn't think they had social media back in the ancient times, I'll tell you right now, they did. And social media was called gossip. Okay? <laughs> We still have that today, but we kind of do it through a different medium. But back then, as he's healing people, because he had just driven out somebody with a demon inside, people are starting to talk. Like, hey, who's this guy, Jesus of Nazareth? Isn't he that carpenter's son? Isn't he Joseph's son? He had to flee from Nazareth because he wasn't getting any honor there. So he went all over the place, and he's healing people, and word's getting out. Now, when word gets out about something this big, a couple of couple of different groups start to take notice. And who are these people? The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the, the legal folks, the government people, right? Because what's going on? We've got a guy who's kind of like mustering up a lot of activity around this region, and people from all over are coming. We need to find out who this guy is. So they go, and they're there before Jesus, and he's, he's there doing his work. And lo and behold, what happens? Out of nowhere, a group of men carry a paralyzed man on a mat now in other versions of the bible they will call it a bed okay and probably rightly so if you're paralyzed you really can't go where anywhere so they carry him on a mat i don't the bible doesn't say again we lack details here it doesn't say there's four guys carrying it we don't know if there were women involved in it you know but all we know there's a, there's men carrying them this man this paralyzed man towards jesus why and who are these people? Are they just some strangers that hey maybe we can take this paralyzed guy and take him to this rabbi and one in one and boom he's healed? I don't think so. Who were these people? Again, the Bible is lacking that description. It Doesn't say oh it was uh, you know it was Paul it was uh, you know it was James it was uh, you know it was Debbie it was uh, Brian it, it doesn't say that. It was just strangers. But they bring this person. On this mat, and they carry. Now, I don't know about you guys. Have you ever carried anybody on a mat before? It's not, it's not easy. We, we used to play these games, you know, in church and college department. And, we, you know, I don't know what the game exactly was. Something about putting this person in a blanket and you're trying to throw them and stuff like that. It's extremely hard, unless it's a real rigid bed and then it's heavy. But it's very hard to carry somebody on a mat. But you have these folks carrying this person, this paralyzed person, on a mat towards Jesus in hopes of what? in hopes that maybe this guy, this rabbi, this carpenter can somehow relieve this person of this ailment. So they carry him, but when they get to where Jesus might be, what do they find? They find this multitude of people. And this multitude of people, like today's mob and crowd... If you remember last summer's retreat, the speaker talked about the church in Corinth and the problems in the church of Corinth and how that mirrors today's societal issues. I don't know, if, I know most of you guys are it was like over your head. For me, you know, as a past student of theology, it was like, oh, it was like really interesting stuff. And I love that talk, but it's very true. Just like the mobs of today, they couldn't get toward Jesus. And not only that, but if they were trying to get to Jesus and these Jews were standing around, they're probably looking at this paralyzed guy going, hey, what are you trying to do, man? You're trying to take this paralyzed guy to this teacher, this, this rabbi, this unclean person? You can't do that. So we don't know. But these folks, these mat men carried this guy, somehow made it maybe to the back side of the house, up some stairs somehow, and started busting through the roof. Not just any roof. Ancient homes were made of straw, of earth, you know. So this home probably was somebody of some standing because they had tiles. And they're starting to bust through tiles. Now, I don't know about you, I don't really just make a habit of going to somebody's house and start busting through the roof if I can't get in, right? But they didn't care. They didn't care about the repercussions of the vandalism that they were about to employ. They started busting through the roof. Why? Because they're desperate. Which tells me that this paralyzed man must have some kind of connection with the people that are carrying him. Maybe it's a father, maybe it's an uncle, brother, maybe a son, maybe a mother. We don't know, friends perhaps. But it was so important for them that they went on the roof, started pulling tiles and yanking tiles, it was kind of causing a commotion. I don't think it was just a one-time deal. I mean, It took some work, I'm sure. And they lowered this guy on this mat right before the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, and before Jesus, right in front of Jesus. Now, Luke doesn't go so far as to say um, Jesus' immediate response. We find that in the other Gospels. But Jesus was moved. He was moved to compassion. So Jesus then, seeing what? Their faith. Whose faith? The paralyzed man's faith? No, the madman's faith. Seeing their faith, what does he say? He says in verse 20, he says, friend, your sins are forgiven. After he, he had the compassion of the men that brought him before him. And then, you know, we get into the whole thing of the, you know, the legality. These people, hey, you know, you can't be forgiving. Who are you to forgive? You know, you don't have the power of this and that. And they get all theological and technical as sometimes, you know, we tend to do in church too. We get all dogmatic and we start talking about, you know, and people who are, you know, went to seminary like me, you know, we get all like technical, you know. Oh, that's this, that, this, this, uh, that, this doctrine, that doctrine, you know, whatever. Jesus didn't do that. The Pharisees were doing that. Jesus simply said, hey, is it easier to tell somebody, hey, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk, because you've been paralyzed. Now, anybody that knows anyone that's been paralyzed, they have a thing called atrophy where the muscles just kind of Shrink to nothing, right? I've seen, I've seen like uh, people in strength competitions, big, hulky, you know, guys that through some type of accident in their life, they've become paralyzed, and you would never recognize how because they've become so atrophied. And again, the Bible doesn't really tell us who this paralyzed man is or what the circumstances of the paralysis and how much atrophy there was involved, but to show the power of God. Jesus says, so that you can know, he says, not only am I forgiving this person, I'm going to tell this person, get up, rise up, take this mat, and go home. Go back to the life that you, you should be having. And what does the man do? Does he sit there and kind of squirm and, you know, kind of like, oh, okay? No. The Bible, according to the Bible, he says, immediately the man got up, took his mat, and he went home. And the Bible says that everyone was filled with awe. Everybody was filled with awe. I would be. I mean, somebody busted through this church right now and lowered somebody, you know, here. And Jesus himself came down and said, hey, get out get out of the way, Josh. Here, boom, boom, this person brought, we'd all be in awe. Social media be blowing up, okay? And that's kind of what we find here. And this is, the reason this is one of my favorite passages is because when we're talking about the idea and this whole concept of blessing one another, these, these men carried somebody to Jesus. They have no name. They have no, no statues or temples built for them, for their behalf. All they did was carry this poor paralyzed man to be healed, and they got no accolades about anything. But their act, the act of their blessing, was so powerful that Jesus Christ himself was blessed. Jesus Christ himself was blessed. That's how powerful that was. And maybe it was the love of the the people that carried this paralyzed man to Jesus. Maybe it was that love. Maybe it's that that kindness and the joy that they know that they want this person to have also in their life compelled them to do that, but they recognize one thing, that this person, Jesus, is the one that can heal this person. You know, as I talked about earlier, is in social media, you know, today we, we share a lot of things and, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. You know, I used to Instagram quite a bit, you know, stuff that I eat, places that I've been, and you know, and at some point I just kind of stopped because I just really realized, like, what what is this serving? Who is this serving? This Instagram post? It's really just serving me. It's like, haha, look where I've been. You know, look what I ate. You're not eating this great thing that I ate. And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not preaching to you, don't Instagram, because you know, I get blessed through a lot of your, you know, Instagram posts. You know, it's like, oh, I took this beautiful walk in the sunshine and the rain and all, and all this stuff. And I'm reading this book, and it's like, ooh, okay, great. You know, some people like that, like to post that kind of stuff, you know. And there's other people that go, hey, look, you know, we went to this place over in the West Side, we ate this, this is great. I'm like, wow, it looks great. So I have a different approach about it. I still don't Instagram because it's, you know, I'm 51 years old. It's like, come on, uh, I'm not gonna be doing this stuff anymore. But the whole idea, so this word uh, is spreading. And because of Jesus' act, this one act, and we don't even know what he was, ta- you know, teaching at that time, but it wasn't important enough for Luke to write about it, the act of healing the paralyzed man was. So this concept of blessers is really something that Jesus is teaching us to go out and bless others. These madmen, yeah. This is, this is the only time in history that they'll be recorded. and We don't know who they are. In much the same way, all of you here at Jericho Road... And and the universal, you know, Christian church, the work that the church is doing in our modern age may go unnoticed. The time it takes for the praise team to come together to sing, welcoming committee, all the different ministries that we're involved in, you may never get recognized. And I don't think you do it to get recognized. But in effect, you are blessing. And your blessing in the small ways that you do these things in turn bless Jesus Christ do you you really need to believe that? Because I think too much time too many times we go through life thinking, Jesus is this kind of abstract character way over here somewhere. Right? Something that you learned about in elementary school, like Jesus Christ, you know, he's just like this fair-haired, brown haired guy, you know, in this white robe, looks all real nice and everything. But when you really examine who Jesus is in your life, do you really know? Do you have the capacity to bless Jesus? Or is that something that's so beyond your capabilities and so insurmountable insurmountable, that you can't even think to even go there? But I tell you that you can. And I tell you that Jesus Christ wants you to. And in turn, he blesses us. I don't know, uh, I was watching golf the other day and there was a commercial. And I don't know what the, uh, You know, I don't pay attention to the commercials unless it's really funny. But it, it had a little caption, something about, can the past help shape your future or something like that? You know, with the understanding that, you know, of course you can't, right? The past is the past, now you've got to look toward the future. You know, past is here, future is over here. But with Jesus Christ, it's very true. The past can definitely shape your future. Because what happened in the past through Jesus Christ will and should and could and better shape whatever you're going to do in the future as blessers. You know, I had this whole outline um, for the sermon all wrote up, and, uh, you know, Gina kept asking me, are you ready, are you ready, you know, are you nervous? And I'm like, no, I don't really get too nervous, I think, you know, it'd be a real bad attribute to have in my line of work, um, <laughs> you know, as I'm sure Charles is aware, you know, but, uh, uh, and then I forgot the whole outline. You know, I was like, somewhere between sending it from my laptop to the printer, and then putting it in the car, and uh, getting everybody here on time, and making sure I have the right Father's Day tie, and all that stuff, I completely lost the outline, so somewhere it's in my head, and so if I'm babbling a little bit out of context, you know, please understand. But, uh, so it's like, oh, it's like, all I have is my verse, and i got to improvise right. I keep referring to it like I have this outline, you know, but, uh, you know, Blessed be to God that, I mean, the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, whoever stands here, you know, is able to speak, and we work through that. You know, for the fathers in the, in the congregation, and I know there are many, and I, I am one, you know, two very, uh, very wonderful kids, um, it's not easy in today's day and age. It really isn't. And I say that because I believe that today's day and age, like all the ages that came before us, are the most difficult times and it will continue to get more difficult because fathers today you know it's 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 not like the fathers of the 50s 40s 50s 60s even where it's like come on kid you know let's go throw the ball around throw the old pigskin around and then have that barbecue gee whiz dad you know golly gee dad you're swell you know it isn't like that anymore we have to compete with so much stuff we have to compete with uh, society that recognizes family systems in different ways. We have, to, we have to compete with YouTube, you know. Growing up, Justin, you know, I mean, he rarely had any questions for me. It's kind of like, okay, I'm just waiting for that day when he says, hey, Dad, what's the difference between standard and metric, you know, when it comes to tools, right, because I'm all about tools, never came. right? <laughs> I'm up early Saturday morning changing that motor oil, you know, out of that car, and I'm expecting to crawl under there, you know, and say, Dad, what's this for? What's the 14 millimeter for? And what's this? And it never came. Okay. In fact, Samantha was the one that would come and crawl under the car and go, what's this? What's that? I'd be like, get lost, man. You know? <laughs> You're not the one, you know? But um, it didn't come. And when I would press Justin about it, like, hey, man, how come you never come to me about, hey, how to, how to ground a, you know, a fielder or you know, when somebody hits a baseball or... You know, uh, working with tools. He goes, YouTube. I just look up YouTube, and YouTube tells me. YouTube has become his father. You know, in some ways. You know, and I say that jokingly, but in in all in truth, it really has. And that's also for mothers too, and parents, and anybody that's dealing with young people, or in uh, you know your professional lives. Information is so readily available to young people today that the recognition of anybody that's elder or above them is really kind of a formality, right? And I'm guilty of it, too. I look at YouTube and go, oh, is that how you do something? I always to ask my dad, you know, my old man, even though he was a welder for all these years and this and that work with steel. I just look up YouTube. But the one truth that we can't change, that no YouTube video or Instagram post can ever tell you, okay, is the, is the power of Jesus Christ through God and the Holy Spirit, and how he affects our lives. And that will never change. You know, we, we become so self-reliant in today's day and age that it's kind of like, ah, I can do it. You know, for those of you fathers that you know, have young kids, you try to go, here, let me show you that. No, I do it. I got it. You know, I can do it. And part of you is like, alright, good, man. He's a fighter. He's a go-getter. And the other sense you're like, you know, punk kid, you know, I was going to show you this thing. <laughs> you know, you're trying to do it all on your own. You know, screw YouTube, you know, and all this stuff. But... <laughs> We we live in that kind of environment, but having lived in that environment, we always tend to think that you know we can do everything ourselves. And Christianity is no is not immune to that. Christianity is at a point where it's like what the doctrine of uh, you know total depravity. I don't know, what, what is that? YouTube it. You know some some you know pastoral figure comes over. Oh, you you know this is this, and we do the same thing to try to understand Jesus. And when we do that. Outside the community of a church, it's all just nothing but cerebral. And you think, oh, you know, salvation, it's just because I, you know, I did it. And I tell you right now that that's not the case. You know, you have no power to do anything. It's only through Jesus Christ that you could do it. And that's what this passage is trying to help you understand. These guys carrying the people on the mat. They didn't just do it because, ah, oh, man, let's drag this guy. Man. I'm tired of dragging him around. Let's drag him. Maybe this, guy, maybe this guy will do it. Maybe this guy in Capernaum will do it, you know, because the other guy couldn't do it. And it showed only through Jesus Christ, through a simple word said, hey, take up your mat and go home. Because he was so blessed by the men that carried this poor, paralyzed guy that we see the evidence of that. You know, Jericho Road Church, you know, in today's day and age, um, you know, uh, when I was a young person in ministry, uh, I remember our head pastor, you know, gathered all the, you know, interns together, and he said one thing I'll never forget, and he said, make no mistake. He said, the world does not dictate what happens, and then we as Christians respond to that. He says, it's because of Christ and the power of Christ that dictates what happens in the world, and it's the world that has to respond to that. And I believe that. I really do. And if we can't understand that concept, then what are we all doing? What are we here for? Why do you come to praise practice or to meetings or leadership boards? and Why do you involve yourself? We need church. And the reason we need church is because the church is Jesus Christ's bride, And we need church because just like our physical bodies, if we tear a muscle or, you know, if we feel sick, we take medicines and we need time to recuperate, church is a time, a place to come together where your spirit is renewed together with fellow believers. And that's why it's important. That's why it's important to be involved. Whether it's just giving a, you know, once a year type of sermon thing that I do or, you know, getting involved a lot more, you know, preparing the coffee, you know, things like that. It doesn't matter. On this Father's Day, for all you fathers, I really you know, hope, um, and including you know, all the fathers that are in Thailand right now, you know, they're serving there as matmen. men. Really, they are. I, I know, you know we're seeing a lot of wonderful photos from there, but they're, they're going to face challenges. there. They're going to face little circumstances where they're going to feel like, man, I'm getting really tired. I'm really weird. Anybody that's been to short-term missions understands this. That's why we as a church... Need to pray for Sam, pray for pray for that team. Because they're there serving as Mat men, Mat women. For who? We don't know yet. We're not asking that the whole of Thailand and Southeast Asia is all of a sudden, you know, revival. That happens great. But just small acts of carrying someone before Jesus, and that's what that team is doing. And I hope we keep that in mind. And I challenge you, church, also. Who are you a matman man for? Your wife, your children, parents, friends, unknown people. And who in your life has been a matman man for you? For the younger people in this crowd, the young adults, the college students, high school kids, junior high kids, elementary kids. Learn to be matmen men for other people. Learn to bless others through your actions. Because in turn, you too will be blessed. You can go out this hall today, and say, "You know what? Josh is out to lunch. You know I don't know what the heck he's talking about. This has been theological student. You know he's a cop now. You know whatever." But you know, and we've seen some. You know, people in in like first responders, like myself, Charles. You know, James was a paramedic. He's now a dispatch supervisor. You know, or, or something like that. I don't know. He's like Chandler, you know, in Friends. I don't know what he actually does, but you know, and we had we have combat nurses here. We have other people in different professions that have seen some stuff. I'm talking real stuff. If you don't believe me, I mean, you sit down with me or Charles, and you know, some we'll tell you the the grisly details of all the things that we've ever seen in our lives, in in our line of work, 20 plus years of work. But that's not that's not really the point, though, is it? The point is not that, yeah, Jesus died for our sins, but we don't want to hover on that grisly detail of, you know, nails going through his hands and feet and side being pierced, legs being broken so his diaphragm won't work correctly, this crown of thorns and all the pain and suffering. He had to do that to pay for our sins, for he had no sin. And again, really, do you understand that concept? Or is it just some thing on made out of wood or something that you wear around your neck. Do you understand that God himself came to earth in the form of man through Jesus Christ and took upon not just your sins, not my sins, but the sins of the entire world from past, present, and the future, took it upon himself and died for which he was so hurt and under so much pain, under so much distress, he creaked out the words, Elo, Elo, lama sabachthani, in Aramaic, to say, Lord, why have you forsaken me? If that doesn't drive you guys to somehow I think, like, holy mackerel, I can't believe this man did this, this God did this. And it should upset you to the fact that Satan had him for three days through death. Because death was not supposed to be something that we are suppo- we were supposed to have happened to us. Do you understand that? That the paradise that God created for us was a paradise of fellowship with him for all eternity, and yet we failed. And because we failed, Jesus came and had to die for us. And it upsets me that he had to do that. It upsets me that God had to die for us. That we let Satan win, for all you sports fanatics. We let that enemy win. For three days, but ultimately at the end of those three days, Jesus said, ha, you know what? Just when he thought he had me, in death he rose again, and he became and tra- was transfigured, and he went back into heaven with all of his attributes. What I mean by that is Jesus is still fully human. So when you're crying, when you're in pain, when you're lonely, when you're wondering, how are you going to pay the bills? When your child is sick and go, do we need to go to the emergency room or not? What should I study? Jesus understands all of these things, which is why he understood what was going on in this passage and what was going on with this paralyzed man. Jesus still does that to us today. He still knows because all of those attributes are evident today. As I said before, you could leave this room thinking, yeah, you know what, whatever, yeah, nice sermon. You know, I'm going to just move on. We're going to go to Father's Day lunch where you can go out this room and really think about those things and really challenge yourself, how can I bless other people? Like Onimus, uh, Onesimus, like Barnabas, like, uh, like Pastor Sam Tomsig, like Pastor uh, Jimmy Davis, Francis, uh, you know, all those people that are there, you know? Matt, you know, someone so young, you know, all the way so far away, halfway around the world. We're called to bless not only ourselves and to you, but to bless Jesus in turn, we can be blessed. You can leave today thinking, forget it, or you can leave today thinking, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. The decision is up to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this lesson of Jesus and the mad men and how we are called to bless one another and ourselves and through the acts that you have performed. Father, let us not forget all that you have done for us and all the people that have come before our time and will come in the future to continue to bless ministries so that your name will be glorified and that you in turn, God, will be known to those that do not know him. Bless the team in Thailand as they strive to act as matmen men to bless other people. May their work cause other people to see Christ in their lives so that they can too turn and bless others.